0: I think I've been sharing with you that I just felt prompted over Christmas to pick up on a little series called uh, The Forgotten Arts. And uh, we're going we're to be looking at a number of, of different things over the weeks. As I say, Steve is with us next week. Um, but this week and then in the weeks to come, we're going to be looking at a number of things that help us in our walk with God that sometimes can get missed and lost, particularly in today's society. I want to read, just uh, to start with, from 1 Samuel. Very famous little story, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. Samuel, who's a little boy at this point, he's been uh, given over uh, by his mum, Hannah, having God blessed her. This little boy has been given to serve in in God's temple. Samuel's lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. And the Lord called to Samuel. Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. He ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, Say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling at all the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it tingle. Wonderful. God speaking. I'm about to speak. Get ready. Christianity. Being a Christian is about having a living relationship with a living God. One in which... Many ways, we actually today, living this side of Pentecost, being New Testament Christians, we have far greater access to God than Daniel did. Because of the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which we'll get to in just a moment, we have an incredible privilege. We have a living relationship However, many of us know, don't we, how easy it is to lose the strength and depth of that relationship. How how easy it is to get disconnected and out of touch in our walk with God. Where's my friend Warren? Warren and I have been having a little bit of banter about his his gallstones, but Warren's got this phrase. He said, God didn't seem to be listening at certain points. (laughs) And I said, Warren, there is so much I want to discuss with you. I knew what he meant. (laughs) But we can feel at times so close to the Lord. Other times we can feel so disconnected. And perhaps especially because of this technological day and age in which we're living. So I want us over these next uh, weeks to look at some of these things that actually can get forgotten but are things that draw us close to God. We're going to look at prayer. We're going to look at fasting. We're going to look at memorizing scripture. We're going to look at heart-motivated giving. We're going to look at rest, solitude and reverence. See? And life in the spirit is really overarching all of this. Today, I want us just to think for a few moments about hearing the voice of God. Such a passion, such a longing of mine. It's such a wonderful subject. What a privilege for every believer to hear and to know the voice of God. But there's a challenge. There's a real challenge. How do I know when God is speaking, and how should I respond? How do I d- recognize the voice of God, particularly in a world that is bombarding me with billions of messages? Got a couple of facts for you. According to the statistic survey company Statista, the number of text messages sent in the UK fell to 74 billion. In 2018, from a, pay, a peak of 162 billion in 2012. Why do you think the number of text messages fell to 74 billion? Any ideas? Well done. Because of the increase of popularity of WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger worldwide. From 2013 to December 2017, WhatsApp added 1.3 billion monthly active users. During January 2019, that's this time last year, this month last year, WhatsApp was downloaded by iPhones in Great Britain 853,890 times in one month. Month of January. In March 2019, that's even closer to where we are now, Android v- devices, they take a while to catch up. Sure. Um, Android devices across the world downloaded more than 1 billion times in March. Hey, I thought you were grabbing my phone then. <laughs> wouldn't put it fast in. Worldwide, from 2013, WhatsApp added 1.3 billion. Okay? Every month in the past year in the UK, Facebook Messenger has downloaded hundreds of thousands of times. I genuinely believe God wants to speak to us about every area of our lives. Every area of our lives. Not just the big things, just the big decisions. Every area of our life but it's quite possible possibly more today than ever before to say I don't know if God ever speaks to me how do I know he speaks to me is God speaking how do I know does God speak I want to respectfully say this if you are a follower of the Lord Jesus I believe God is speaking to you all the time all the time You see, I don't believe that it's not that God is not speaking. I suspect what is much more likely for all of us is is learning how to recognize his voice. And also how to take control of all the other voices that we are being bombarded with all the time. And we'll be talking about that, I have no doubt, over the weeks to come as we talk about solitude and rest and fasting and some of these other things. Who has control of us? Who has control of our minds? Who has control of what we're seeing and looking at and thinking about? A Christian is a follower of Jesus. Good test of whether I'm a follower of Jesus is found in John chapter 10. I'm okay? just going to read some scriptures that really just talk around this subject for a few moments and then I want to, 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 to look at one or two practical applications. John chapter 10, verse 1. I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep, here it is, listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought them out, all his own, he goes on ahead of them. His sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. How can I tell I'm one of Jesus' sheep, one of Jesus' followers? My sheep listen and know my voice and they follow me. Big part of learning to hear the voice of God, I want to say to you today, um, we'll, we'll talk about the Word of God in just a moment, but the big part, one of the big parts of knowing and being a follower of God and knowing His voice is getting to know Jesus. One of the reasons I will talk much about Jesus, and I always will, it's been part of my ministry really all of my life as an adult, is that I want to talk about Jesus. I want you to know about Jesus. I love to sing about Jesus. I love to talk about Jesus. Because one of the main things is Jesus said, If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. If you know me, you know the Father. And we have the privilege now of being New Testament believers who know Jesus, who have had Jesus revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. So we want to get to know Jesus. Getting to know Jesus will help us, as Roz so helpfully communicated to us about communication, is that we will recognize his voice. That's Jesus. That's the heart of Jesus. You know you meet someone and you go, that's the heart of Jesus right there. You can see the, the hand of God. You can see the heart of God as you see the face of Jesus. And, of course, that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. One of the things that's threaded right through, is, if you like, these forgotten arts is life in the Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. In this brand new life that we're given... We are given life in the spirit. The Holy Spirit is poured out. We're overwhelmed, drenched and soaked. One of the reasons why sometimes when people are prayed for, they, they feel things is there's quite an overwhelming sensation, because we are whole whole people, whole beings. And so when God comes, God just doesn't separate out and say, "Oh, I'm not touching the body at the moment. I'm just speaking to the Spirit. We're whole beings. Now, some of us will be completely standing still and we're prayed for and there doesn't seem to be any outward uh, manifestation or visibility. And that's absolutely fine. We don't make that up. Unfortunately, I'm one of these people. When people start to pray for me, as Jackie, Jackie will tell you, it's like some, I get plugged into an electric socket and uh, I don't make it up. I know I could stop it if I wanted to. But sometimes when people pray for me, I just begin to shake. And it's a sense of that, a sense of being overwhelmed and encountering a power that is outside of me. Now, I don't want that to happen. I'm not asking and making it happen. But I'm aware sometimes your hands will feel hot. Sometimes different things will happen. God will give pictures and images and so on. Because he's at work in the whole person. Okay he's speaking to us. This is all part of, but because we are being soaked all the time and bombarded by so many other images, particularly today, visual images and messages, we can miss those little tiny symbols. Simi- I just loved what um, Roz brought, and she said, "For some of those children, they're so significantly controlled by uh, their, 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 their physical functions that it might just be the change in their breath. And you need to know the subtlety. And so we want to become more and more sensitive, don't we, to the subtlety of the hand of God, amen? To the voice of God, to the working of God, so that we can respond to that. And so that's why we want to help one another to get used to these things. I'm utterly going away from my notes, but it doesn't matter, does it? It's important. Romans eight fourteen. 14. Romans 8, 14. I think I've written these since... Yes, I have. God uses the Apostle Paul to declare a great promise. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Okay, so here's another little sign of what we're saying. We can also reverse that. The children of God are those who are led by the Spirit of God. So, how do we sometimes recognise someone who's a child of God? Well, they're being led by God. They're allowing God to lead them, to shape them in terms of their relationship, in terms of their time, in terms of their finances and so on. Paul says, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves again to fear. We've been speaking about fear, haven't we? Last week, we just really believe that God is wanting to release us as a people and as a church from fear. We're not to be brought into slavery of fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive has done a work of adoption. You've been chosen by God and brought into all the glorious rights as sons, Okay, so we often say this, don't we? Ladies, you get to be sons; men, you get to be the bride of Christ. Okay, so, but it's about the rights. It's about that that Middle Eastern setting of of how the Scripture was written. The rights were given to the firstborn son, but all of us have been given these rights in God. We're not outsiders; we've been brought in, and by this wonderful gift of the Spirit at work in us, we cry, "Abba, Father." We have this intimate family name. As a dear Nepali friend of mine always says, whenever he prays, he says, Dear Daddy God. Dear Daddy God. It's such a wonderful way. And he prays. He was a captain in the Nepalese army. He could kill you by looking at you kind of person. But when he prays, Dear Daddy God. when I used to love listening to him pray. The spirit testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So it's a work of the Spirit. So how do I hear the voice of God? One of the things is I want to be open to the Spirit. I want to be full. That's why we pray regularly for, for one another to be full of the Spirit. Because the Spirit testifies that we are God's children. And being God's children means we get to hear His voice. As we're filled with the Spirit, He's my dear Dad. He wants to communicate with us. John 15, I no longer call you servants, Servant doesn't know his master's business. I have called you friends for everything. Say everything. Everything. Now say it with conviction. Everything. Everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. Really? Who, me? Yes, you. Because you're not my servants, you're my friends, you're my children child of God is not a servant, a worker, an outsider who doesn't know his master's business, but one who has full legal standing and access. More than that, a genuine family relationship where we get to say, Abba, dear daddy God, son, daughter, let's sit, let's talk, let's walk, let's do life together. Now, that does mean, at times, switching off other things. It does mean putting aside other things. It does mean making my priority different. Of course, that's what fasting is also about. Ephesians 2.18 says, By one spirit, we all have access. How many of us? Thank you, Abby. Is it just the women? Is it just the leaders? We're not foreigners, we're not strangers. We are all part of God's household. We all get to hear his voice. We all get to be led by him. Now I've got some practical pointers which I want to come to. But we need to get this truth into us. Because if we know the truth, the truth sets us free. I am a child of God. I've been filled with the Spirit. The Spirit leads me into the purposes of God. The Spirit reveals Jesus to me. As I know Jesus, I know the heart of the Father. I can hear the voice of God. It's the truth. It's the truth. If I'm a child of God, those who are my sheep know my voice. They listen to me and they follow me. So we don't, we, our starting point is, oh, I'm not sure if I can hear the voice of God. I don't know if... Or, we can hear the voice of God because we're his children, okay? That's our starting point, which is so important for all the other things that we'll say in the weeks to come. And it's so important to keep being reminded that the Holy Spirit is not some floaty power. Holy Spirit is not electricity. It's the third person of the Trinity, why is that so important? You see, after Jesus had died and rose again, he met with the disciples a number of times and he taught them many things. But one of the things he said was this, that when the Holy Spirit was to come, when the Holy Spirit would be poured out, when, uh, in John fourteen twenty six, he said they were to wait when the advocate comes, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send you in my name, he will teach you all things. The Holy Spirit teaches us. And he will remind you of what I've said. So there's another reason why I want to be full of the Holy Spirit. When I don't quite know what to do, when I'm trying to make a decision in my life and and I'm saying, I don't know if I can hear God's voice at the moment, what I, I will sometimes do, I physically will get up and I will walk around and I'll begin to pray in the spiritual language. I love the gift of tongues. I see it as a very, very significant gift. And so I will often pray. Because the Bible says the person who prays in, a, in spiritual language, in tongues, edifies, builds themselves up. And I go, I don't know what to do, Lord. I don't know what to speak on next week. I don't know what to do in this pastoral situation or that situation. And I'll get up and I will walk around and I will pray in the Spirit. Because the Spirit teaches us. Teaches us the words of Jesus. He will teach you all things and he will remind you of what I've said. And so I find myself beginning to pray. I'll go out for a walk and I'll pray and verses of scripture will come to my mind. The words of Jesus will come to my mind. Pat's nodding. And it's like, yeah, it's the spirit at work speaking. John sixteen thirteen, he said, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. If you don't know what to do, if you're undecided on choices and decisions, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. He will teach you. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. Ask him to fill you. So if I want to learn to hear the voice of God, I need to be filled and go on being filled because he will teach and remind and guide me of all truth. So Paul says to the Ephesians in 117, he says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may know him better, that you will recognize his voice. So there's a prayer to pray. Lord, I ask for a spirit of wisdom and revelation that I might know you better, that I might recognize your voice. I'm being bombarded with these billions of messages all day, every day. Fill me with your spirit of wisdom and revelation that I might recognize your voice. That your voice would cut through all these other messages. So one of the fundamental ways I can know and recognize the voice of God is that his words are always full of truth. Biblical truth. I want to say this. How do I know that what I'm thinking and hearing from God is from God? I want to say this. It will never contradict God's word. It will always be in line with his word, the Bible. In fact, very often it will be straight from the Bible. Even today in our society, in our laws, in in the areas of medical practice and many other ways, people don't realise much of it is based on the Bible. Christians who put those things in place two, three, four, five hundred years ago were going to the Bible to put um, shape to society and culture, to business in all sorts of ways. Now we recognise that is being undermined. We recognise it's being lost. But if you're thinking some things, if you're working some things through, it will always line up with the Bible. So that's another way that I can know and recognise that God is speaking is it confirms what the Bible is saying. That's why we need to be soaked in the Spirit and in the Word. We need to be soaked in the Word and the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. Many of us are New Testament people and we make the New Testament a priority and that's understandable because it speaks to us of Jesus and the church. But so much of the Old Testament is there, of course, to reveal the heart and nature of God, the purposes of God. And particularly when people fail, when they turn away from God, it shows the heart of God as he draws them back. And so we need to be in the Old Testament as well That's the New Testament. And my good friend John King is a good reminder. He keeps provoking us to be more of the Old Testament. Good Bible-shaped worship also helps with it. One of the reasons um, Hannah will sit down and think and pray with others, the the guys who are leading the worship, is to think about what are the words that we're singing because it, it gets into you. You know that a song gets into you, so we want good songs to get into us. Biblical-based songs. We want songs that actually are full of truth, that declare biblical truth. Okay? So we're constantly thinking about what are we singing? What does it say? And I want to say that to you about your own worship as you listen. It's probably as easy now as it's ever been to listen to worship music in any form that you want it to. You can even ask your friend... Um, who I won't say the name because it will kick it off in the room, but you've got friends in your house who will even help you, all right? But you need to teach them to make sure they choose good biblical worship, all right? God-shaped worship. These things will take us deeper, fuller, into understanding Jesus, who he is, recognising his voice, understanding God, who he is, recognizing his voice, the voice of the Father, the voice of the Son, and the voice of the Holy Spirit. I want to say this. The words and the leading of the Holy Spirit will not lead us into confusion and away from God. I want to be very clear about that. Sometimes somebody will say to me, even in recent times, one or two people have said, well, I believe this is God." not what the Bible teaches. I don't believe it is God. God, the Holy Spirit will not lead us into confusion or away from God and away from his word. We need to know that. We need to be clear. If we find ourselves getting very confused and uptight, we may be waiting on God for his word, but we need to know that if things are leading us into confusion, that's not God's heart. My peace I give to you. Peace is not as the world gives. Peace of God that passes understanding. Peace in the storm. Peace in the challenge. So the words and the leading of the Spirit will not lead us into confusion or away from God. So the Holy Spirit is God. He's the third person of the Trinity. He reminds and speaks the truth to us. He teaches us the good things of God. He leads us and guides us in God's ways. Learning to hear the voice of God is first of all acknowledging that God is your dear Father who wants to lead you and wants to speak to you. We can, indeed should, expect it. You want to hear that? We can, indeed should, indeed expect it. Ten minutes, some practical application. Okay? How? How? How does God speak? How do we recognize his voice? If we had lots of time on a morning like this and more of a family morning, we could turn into groups now and tell stories about how we recognize the voice of God. I want to encourage you to do that. Talk to one another about how, I love it when people say to me, I just felt God said this week. And I immediately in my head, how? How did he say it? How did you hear that come? And it's wonderful to hear I want to look at it in just a quick example Acts chapter 13 verse 2 again a well-known verse while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting the Holy Spirit said set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them note the Holy Spirit there again the Holy Spirit but the Holy Spirit said how was it, was it you know they're in a prayer meeting and thus says the Lord we would all like one of those wouldn't we? Yeah. We really would. I know I was chatting to Jack about things I was sorry to hear you didn't get the job Jack. I want to say to you God has got the very best for you. He's got the very best for you. So it's not that job it's another one. All right? But he was saying sometimes he said you could do with a voice that goes the Holy Spirit said. <laughs> you know, and it you know thus says the Lord. Doesn't happen does it like that? But it says here in scripture, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul. How did that happen? Well, we're not there, but we need to look at the context, which is always so important, what was going on. First of all, a couple of clues. What does it say? They were worshipping the Lord and fasting. There's a big set of clues, if I ever heard some. The challenge with our modern day and age is there's so many things fighting for our attention. Their focus, their attention was on Jesus. They were worshipping the Lord and fasting. They were giving him worship. They were giving him attention. That's why we make the prayer meetings here a priority. That's why we talk about having times of worship and prayer. They need to continue to be a priority. The beginning of each year, two or three or four days of worship and prayer. Beginning of each term, worship and prayer, month by month. The first Monday of the month, the third Sunday of the month, we're worshipping and praying. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will say. Mike and I have been talking and praying. Mike's feeling really exercised about how can we hear the voice of the Lord more in terms of the prophetic gift. He's going to be stirring that. He feels to stir that some more. They're away for a couple of weeks, but when he's back, we're going to push into that some more across this body. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will speak. He'll speak to us about what kind of church he wants us to be, what he wants us to do in the community, what he wants us to do in the nations. But only as we come together to worship and pray. They were worshipping the Lord and fasting. Now we're going to look at fasting another week. It's a very important subject. I think it's one that is a forgotten thing, particularly amongst us as evangelicals and charismatics. I think it needs to be restored under grace. I really do. So we'll be looking at that. I would just say this, some of the most significant times that God has clearly spoken to me over my, my adult Christian life have been when I have been fasting. And it was almost like God's been saying to me again recently, Mark, there's a reason for that. <laughs> and you need to rediscover it again, Mark, is what I feel God's been saying. But it's about changing priorities, giving conscious, deliberate attention, okay, without getting into fasting. But it says, while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, there's a, there's a deliberate attention. There's a change in priority. And surely... Part of this they would have been reminding themselves of his teaching they would have been talking about do you remember when the lord said and they'd have been reminding each other of that just like we do in our times together but then also you note i don't know if we actually i gave it um to malcolm and glenn or not but in the verse before it says in the church at antioch there were prophets and teachers Two of the gifts. So the very verse before it says, in the church there were prophets and teachers. While they were fasting, worshipping, seeking the Lord, the Holy Spirit says. The gifts of the Holy Spirit have been given by God to help us, to build us, to enable us to hear his voice. Again, we're not going to go in depth into that today, but to point out just one verse, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3, everyone who prophesies... Prophesies, speaks to men and women for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Isn't it good when somebody speaks to you and strengthens you, encourages you, comforts you? It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. Primary function of prophecy speaking from God to strengthen, build, and encourage. So now we're starting to get ourselves a good tester list already, aren't we? Of recognizing the voice of God. And the leading of the Holy Spirit. What do we know so far? Got a few more. Going to fire them off as we finish. Our Heavenly Father wants, indeed, promises to speak. Amen? Our Heavenly Father promises, indeed, wants to speak. The voice of the Holy Spirit will be truth-filled. It will be in line with the Bible. It will remind us and point us to the good things of God, and specifically, it will highlight the person of Jesus, the person and the work of Jesus. He will be the primary focus. It will be for our strengthening, our encouragement, and comfort, and for that of others. He's all things. I wanted to say to you: the prophetic is not perfection. Okay. 1 Corinthians 13, 9, we know in part, we prophesy in part. That's why we need to weigh what's being said. We need to think about it. We need to meditate on it. We need to pray it through. Does it line up with scripture? Does it proclaim Jesus? Does it lift up a person or does it lift up Jesus? These are all ways that we can weigh. We'll come back to this and we'll talk about this when Mike does his preaching series on the prophetic. That'll be good. He's got... <laughs> no pressure mike honestly <laughs> so does it line up with god's word i want to say to you that it's vital all right i'm repeating some things but it's because they're vital does it line up with god's words i'm also going to look for other forms of confirmation that's always good i'm looking for confirmation Ah, Mark, I know about this one. You're talking about the open door, aren't you? Is there an open door? Looking for an open door. Well, it's good. Sometimes when something seems to open up and a door seems to open up, I want to say this. Just because the door is open doesn't necessarily mean it's from God. Or just because the door is open doesn't necessarily mean he's opened it for you. It might be for someone else. Now, you're going, I can see there's a bit of processing going on there. But I think I grew up in that sort of very strong evangelical world. I have an open door. you know, And it somehow it's like, well, that, that's my door and I'm going through it. But actually, I'm, I'm looking at a number of things. Now, a door may be open and that may well be from God and it may well be from me. But I think we can get a bit sometimes, there's an open door, so it's mine and I'm going through it. We need to look at some other things as well. One of the things that we, we hear the voice of God is through the wisdom of trusted friends. How are we doing? Brilliant. Oh, okay, yeah, keep going. There we are. <laughs> wisdom of trusted friends, particularly those who love the Lord. What are your friends saying? Are you listening to them? There's wisdom with many counsellors. Where does that come from? Proverbs. If two, three, four or five of your friends are all saying the same same thing, you really should listen to them. Particularly if they are believers who love the Lord, who are open to the Spirit and are open to His Word. What are your godly friends saying? You might say, Oh, I don't want too many voices. Yes, you do, if you get the right ones. Do you know that you can be the voice of God to one another? Do you know that? Time and time again, I'm because I want to be a blessing, which is one of my points in just a second, but because I want to be a blessing, my desire and my hope is that as I chat to people in a minute at the coffee, and I just make a throwaway line, and people will say to me weeks later, you have no idea what you said to me that day. Have you heard that happen? We can be the voice of God to each other. We can actually be prophetic day by day, hour by hour, with our friends and neighbours. By being full of the Spirit, having a desire to bless, God will speak through us. I'm running out of time. Wisdom of trusted friends. You can be the voice of God to one another. It's not just the friends who will say what you want to hear, by the way, but those who will speak the truth in love. Also through family, of course, through husbands and wives, as a, as a guy, I want to say, especially our wives, my wife is not feeling very well today, so uh, you can pray for her, but uh, I, when Jackie speaks, I listen, and I'm not joking about, I mean it. She has such wisdom. She really does. I'm prompted, I just want to say something very quickly here about hearing God's voice in our marriages. One of the ways that we can hear God's voice in our marriages is when we are both on the same page. Unity brings blessing in the Bible. It's a biblical, biblical thing. Unity brings blessing, okay? There are times when we lead to lead one another. Husbands need to lead their wives. Wives, there are moments to lead your husband because they're not listening. But I also want to say this. There's a vital place to serve one another, husbands, wives, wives, husbands, by waiting. By waiting until they have heard what you have heard. Jackie and I, I think, have proved this over 35, coming up 36 years of of married life now. And many of you will also. There are moments when I'll be ahead and I I need to wait. until Jackie finds faith and we are in it together confirmation in that but those of you who are not married there'll be good friends around there's things to share together with friends okay another way to recognize the voice of God is to ask the question does it line up with what God has already said to you does it line up with what God has already said a very good godly leader said to me a few years ago who are you at your core what's your core calling or that phrase we sometimes use that I've mentioned here. What's your lane? What's the lane that God has called you into? In other words, what has God said to you over the years? What has God said to you Does what you're hearing today line up with that? That doesn't mean that God doesn't adjust us as we go along, but if it's completely and utterly left field from that calling of God, from the word of God that he said to you in previous times, I I suggest that you want to think about that much more carefully if it's a dramatic change. Now God does dramatic changes for sure. But first question I ask is: Does it line up with the general thread of what God has called me to over years? Does what you're hearing now line up with what God has said in the past? Here's another good one: Do you have faith for it? All right? Do you find faith rising, that inner witness again, the Spirit? You find a peace coming. I remember the very first time I got the phone call from Steve Oliver about coming here. It was pretty left field, um, as you can imagine, from Swindon to here. But there was something right down deep inside, almost in that very phone call, that sense of, I think this might be God. And then all the ways of confirmation through scripture, through the prophetic, through friends, through Jackie's response, through my wider family's response, through your response. Confirmation, confirmation, confirmation. This is what God is doing. This is what God is doing. This is how he's speaking. Do you have peace? Sometimes people say to me, I just don't have peace about it. Don't do it then. If you are a believer... If you've welcomed the Holy Spirit, if you're saying, Holy Spirit, teach me, reveal the truth of God to me, reveal the person of Jesus to me, I don't have peace. Well, don't do it then. I'm very happy, pastorally, to talk to anyone about that. How do I get that peace? How do I know that peace? And there are little signs, I think, sometimes it can be crazy you talk to donna about doing crazy things that seem to go completely against the trend of things but she's got i've got a peace i've just got a peace but i also know with donna over 25 years of conversations usually on a telephone at uh, long distance i just don't have a peace well don't do it then and then god will step in and change the agenda ah now i've got the peace now i've got the peace I just want to say to this, brothers and sisters, don't go against your conscience. Don't go against your conscience. There's a funny phrase that gets used. It seems to be used quite a lot. Well, it was against my better judgment. What is that about? Well, against my better judgment. No, if you're a believer, a follower of Christ, you love the word of God, do not go against your better judgment. Your better judgment is who? It's what? On my notes, it's written here, time. (laughs) You could tell, I knew I was going to run out of time. So I'm looking at my good friend Simon down here. I'm not going to stop. (laughs) No. Let's stand together. There's always another day to say more things. Is that right, Simon? Just as we pray... I'll use the prayer moment for a bit more preach. <laughs> I, just, I just want to invite you to invite the Holy Spirit. I want to invite you as a... If you're not yet a follower of the Lord Jesus, before you can invite the Holy Spirit, you need to invite him as your saviour and your Lord. So I invite you to do that. If you don't yet know Jesus, I want to say to you, there is a God who wants to lead you and guide you and speak to you. He wants you to be assured of sin forgiven, of eternal life and hope with him. And as you surrender to him, as you acknowledge your need of him, he will come to you and he will begin to speak to you, not on day one, on minute one. There'll be peace and assurance and comfort and calm that will come. So I invite you to do that right now. Welcome him, invite him. For those of you who've already done that, I want to invite you right now again to say, Holy Spirit, come and fill me again. Ephesians talks about being filled. Be being filled. It's a a constant, continuous thing. Yes, there was a day when you, some of you might say, I know that was a day when the Spirit really met with me, but actually I've left those things, I've laid them down. Be filled again today, church that you might hear the voice of the Lord, that you might recognize this world needs those who are hearing God's voice. There are billions of voices. We need to hear the voice of the Lord, amen? There's a love for his word, we'll come to that in weeks to come. Getting his word deep hidden into our hearts, making him the priority, we'll come to that in the weeks ahead. But I want to say, be filled today. If you fill this week, I just just feel prompted to text somebody, text my friend to encourage them, strengthen them, comfort them, do it. You will be so surprised that they will say, you have no idea in that moment how it built me, how it strengthened me, how it encouraged me. If you feel just to pick up the phone and, and just ring someone or to drop them a note or knock on their door, do it. Let's begin to be a people. Holy Spirit, would you help us to be a people who are led by you, led by your voice. Lord, I speak to ears today to be unlocked in Jesus' name. Ears that have been locked up with all sorts of stuff, would you unlock us today? Eyes that have been filled with all sorts of things, would you unlock vision today? we might begin to recognize and be sensitive to the voice of the Lord and the voice of the Spirit, the leading of the Spirit. Come and lead us, Lord. Even as we just felt prompted to pray for Roz and pray for this one and that one. Lord, even now, right now in the the coffee and tea, Lord, just right now, lead us. Help us to build and strengthen and encourage as we hear from you. Restore your voice to your people, I pray, in these days. May we be a people who know your voice and hear your voice. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.